Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey there, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker. And in this week's show, the boys finally get to relax after 29 rounds of combat. They get to do a little bit of rest, relaxation, and figure out what the heck was going on and why all these people wanted to kill them. And maybe they can get some answers from the sniper they captured. Also this week, I have a pretty cool GM PC tip in which I talk about how do you play your games. Do you allow people to sort of goof off and just run around crazy and just say they're going to do something and then not really do it? Or are you super strict and don't allow your PCs to talk during combat? You only give them six seconds and if they say it, they do it? We talk about the pros and cons of each approach and how I do it as well. So this is one of those episodes in which I like to call a sort of rest and recap episode. They just had a huge amount of combat, and usually, you know, these type of combats you do a little bit, and then you explore, and then a little bit and explore. But in this one, they did all of the combats at once, so now they have this absolutely tremendous area to explore. Plus, they have a hostage, so this is going to take a little while, but it's also nice and relaxing for them that they don't have to concentrate on endless combat, which altogether was something like six hours or so after we did edit it on the show, but, you know, that we took breaks and we would discuss rules and things like that, and some of that I cut out, and also just even general technology problems, so it was a long combat, and it takes a lot out of you, those extremely long, crazy combats. They're fun, but you definitely need some downtime, not just as characters, but as human beings as well. In addition, I do say that our guys do roleplay very well. We don't do voices and stuff, but they're very, very true to their characters, and you're going to see that in this episode quite a bit. It sometimes is hard to tell when they're not doing voices, if it's the player talking or the PC talking, but I think you guys have listened to the show enough that you probably can hear the subtle difference between the two, whether, like, especially Chris, it's like when he's in his Oroji voice versus his Chris voice, or Bob and so forth, and, you know, our guys, sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect between that, but you're going to hear real role-playing and how they would play their characters, which is probably not the way you would expect that they would play it, because, well, just listen to the episode and you tell me what you think if these guys role-played accurately what you think their characters would have done. I will finally say that this is definitely going to be a interesting episode, and I would love to hear what you thought of it on Discord after it's all said and done. So definitely join us on discord.rollforcombat.com. I want to hear your thoughts on this episode and what is going on and what happened. So go on over, check it out, let me know what you think. I'm sure myself and the other guys would like to hear. But with that, let's get right into the show. 
So last we left off, you guys finished 10,000 hours of combat and 50,000 rounds where you managed to bleed endless encounters but somehow finally won. Let's see, Mo is nearly dead, Cheddar is nearly dead, Hiroji is really close to death, Rusty has a few scratches on him, I'm and Tuttle, Don't worry about me. Tuttle is totally, totally scratchless. Tuttle has no damage whatsoever. I think I took a little stamina damage. I, I know, you're all feeling so sorry for me. <laughs> Just a tiny, tiny bit. So you managed to finally get your way inside the elf. You took the long way around. You decided to take a tourist. It was like tourist attraction, and you went all the way around, making sure you found every single nook and cranny before you actually went into the entrance on difficult terrain, no less. Very impressive. And now you managed to capture a, well, a sniper who was sniping at you. And the sniper's name is Salask, and is a female Sheeran. Sniper, no sniping. Chris Beamer is playing the Lashunta operative, Hiroji. There we go. And you guys are in the head of the elf. And that's where we last left off. So what are you going to do? You guys are covered in red. You have a sniper. You bound her with your manacles. Now what? Um, We've gotten our stamina back, correct? John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. No, 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 no. We didn't do any. Yeah, okay. That's actually where I was going to go. Three things. We bind her completely. We also silence her. We then look around to make sure we're fine, and then we take a 10-minute ten ten rest. Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. Well, you can't silence her because she talks using tele, you know, telekinesis. Okay. Well, fine. But- silence her auditory functions. She right. talks using telekinesis. Tell I, me I, I know, but how she you're also talks that. with her mouth, also. Wait, Sharon are only telepathic? They don't use yes. the mandibles? No. no. But no, I could have swore Sharon can speak. I thought Oh, they... can they? Maybe they can. They're limited telepathy. Yeah, because they have they have uh, they refer to them as speech names. Jason McDonald is playing the Yosoki mechanic, Tuttle Blacktail, and his drone, Cheddar. Oh okay. That they, okay. they usually clicks and clacks. When communicating with the lesser people. Oh, it's I get it. World. So... It's a bug world. We know that. Well, they yeah. they don't use that when they talk to you because you you, you are below them. So, mm-hmm. all right, Woolholz is also bringing the breakfast that he so elegantly laid out with for you. Good, about time. And he's running across the difficult terrain. He gets to you. And is our ten minute rest done? And I love how he's, he's gone from like our scholarly help to omelet chef. Well, that's um, you know Rusty's doing. In in my in my mind, he was never our scholarly. <laughs> he brings a whole basket of fruits and vegetables and beautiful, bro- you know, beautifully cooked meats, and he's like, "Mr. Hiroji, Mr. Hiroji, I, I heard you were in a lot of trouble. So look, I made your favorite monkey brains and monkey tails with a side of bat sauce." It's excellent. I'm dying over here. I need help, but bring it over. I'll eat it. And as long as there's no onions. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, no, no. I gave Rusty all the onions. Mm, I like onions. I'm fine with that. Anyhow, you do your 10 minute rest, and ta da! You get all your stamina healed. I'm not sure up. if I have a stamina point oh, left. You have two. 
Uh, resolve have... point, yes. Oh, sorry, I... resolve point. You have one resolve point left. I used it, of course. No, you had two. Now you have one. That's what I meant. Right. Um, do we have, actually, this, can the spider work while that 10-minute break is um, going? Because if we're not doing anything, if we're just, like, laying there, and I don't know, it's like a masseuse or something. Just No, it's like 10 it. minutes. It's No, you can't do anything else. It says it's, it's during the 10 minutes, nothing else can be done. Okay. You can't take Well, the you can't spider's do like a two-minute one minute. Operation. One minute. One minute. Okay. Yeah, that's it. And it's two to eight or one to eight. Two to eight plus a saving throw for side effects. Okay. Um, I think we can go for. Oh, I, I need. I, I, I need that. Yeah. Sick him on uh, Hiroji first. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Spider, I would say for your protection spider, spider. after the ten minute rest, of course. Well, yeah, Hiroji, after. you you do have two hit points left, so you you're you're okay. I mean. You're not gonna die. I mean, two is more than one, so you're yeah, fine. Yeah, well, there's, 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 there's. We don't know of unknown dangers. I mean, we have a, yeah. a captive, we have a captive audience here that might headbutt me to death. They could headbutt me, and uh, and I die. So I need to be better in better shape. All right, are you using spider know. stitch spider? Spider spider. Spider spider, so spider goes out and it does its thing. Uh, There's so much damage on you, it actually doesn't even know where to start. It's just it's like it's just yeah, it's getting confused. It's just like it's just going all over your body and you have a lot of pain. It's like having an all body tattoo. It's just going crazy. So let's see. I have Give... a previous burn wound on my head. Oh, well, that that's permanent. That's not going anywhere. So give me both a 2d8 for how much it heals, and then your fortitude save to see if the healing venom has some weird side effects. And the healing venom kills you. Yeah. Right, I'm going to roll my 2d8 first. Seven. Wow. Yeah. Such, a, such, a, a, such an average roll. Such a below average roll. And here comes okay. the... Uh, here comes the fortitude save. Fourteen. You feel almost fine. You're like, oh, I can feel it's like it wants to mutate me, but I'm just barely strong enough to fight off the mutation, and you make your Thank fortitude God. save. Anyone else? Um, Mo's going to do the same thing. Mo does it next. Mo gets eight. You did roll a one and a seven. Yeah, well... Average is nine. Uh, we both understand. I'll take it. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you're, not, you're not messing around. 23 like, fortitude yeah. save. Well, I rolled an 18. You are in great shape. You got 12 charges left on the stitch spider. Anyone else? Uh, I want to go again. If only I could use it on Cheddar. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, hit. Take another hit. I'm going to take one, so. Can, can I, we can just keep going, right? With this, this you can use it five times a day. Oh, so right. Is I'm that per on, person on or per total. spider? Oh. Per spider. It's like five spider, times per day. Spider, spider. I need a seven and seven. Come over here right, right now. Come on. Ro- roll well. Seven and seven. And don't give me no back talk. Ten. Ten. It's getting better. Getting God, better. Spider, the spider says, I thought you said you were good. I <laughs> know. <laughs> exactly. Roll your fort. I mean, that fort save. Ten. Ooh, that's a massive that, that, issue. That's, that's, that's an not issue. good. Ooh, and I rolled a nine. That's not good either. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Here, Here comes we go. another antenna. 
Here it comes. Now it's even better. Your nasal passages begin to run with a sticky ooze. Ugh. As a full action, you can force yourself to sneeze, creating a 15-foot code of disgusting mucus that entangles everyone in the area who fails a reflex save for 2d4 rounds. Unfortunately, some of the substance also oozes out of your sweat glands, making it difficult to let go of items. Dropping an item becomes a swift action. Changing a grip on a wielded weapon becomes a move action. Stowing an item in your backpack becomes a standard action. Your sinuses and sweat glands return to normal, um, hopefully by tomorrow. So, yeah, you actually have a breath weapon of sneezing mucus. Oh my god, he's got He's got Captain uh, Trips is what he has. I have Captain Trips. Captain Trips. Trips is no good. Yeah, it's no good. <laughs> what? What? Uh, how does that work? How often? Does that... <laughs> What's the radius on that? <laughs> it's, a f- it's a full action. You can sneeze and create a 15-foot cone of disgusting mucus. Oh, I can, oh, I can just do it on, on command. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Wow. <laughs> you do have a breath nice. weapon. All right. Mo is going to nice. uh, gonna do the same thing. Heal up. Ooh, 11. 11. All right. We're getting a lot better. 12. You failed, too. You failed your 14. Yeah, you did. Oh. Oh, no. This one is... uh, Uh, Wait, wait. Uh, What is that? One one out of 10? One out of 10. One set of sticks. One means you turn into a monster. Well, nine was bad. No, it's not that. Actually... No, it's actually, in this case, it's the opposite. Ten is bad. One is fine. Um, a stitch spider leaves an area of hard skin where the wounds were. Your KAC increases by one, but you take a minus two penalty on reflex savings throws. Oh, I had that one a little bit ago. Huh. Yeah, you had that one, not so bad. it's not, not that bad. bad. Okay, we can live with that. And and frankly, we're, we're healing up four p- hit points a night, so I think this is pretty good. You have one more hit on the spider. You have 10 charges left. You can either use it now or not. And Tuttle, don't forget, you can spend your resolve points and get 25% of the hit points back for Cheddar. Yeah, I was pl- I was that. planning on doing that. I was letting those guys do their thing first. Got it. Okay. But I was, yeah, was going to do their drone I'm repair. I'm going to take another hit off that spider. Let's go. Spider, spider. Yeah, okay. There you go. Here we go. Let's see the roll. Nine. Wow. So average. Yeah, kind of by definition there. Yeah, but you're completely healed up. But I'm healed, completely healed. I'll tell you. I know. So what are you complaining about? I'm just, I'm not complaining. I'm saying completely average. Now give me your fort save. Again, could be double side effects. A five. Wow. Wow. All right. Up, I get a one. You also have the hard skin. So you both, you are filled with hard skin. Your KAC goes up by one. You have a minus two penalty that reflex throws. And you are sneezing out mucus and your whole body is sticky. I don't know if you actually healed up. It sounds like you kind of went the other way. <laughs> uh, no, all the toxins went out of my system and formed a mucus membrane, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with that. Seems like more of a sideways move. Yeah. It's a lateral. Yeah, it's more of a lateral move. <laughs> well, the stitch spider is out of venom, and it's going to need another day to replenish its supply. And you have nine charges left, so it's halfway. Oh, that stitch spider is saving your ass. I'm not for nothing. I love really the stitch, stitch spider. That stitch spider is saving your ass. That thing is the brilliant Jason Keeley. I love this thing. It's one of the yeah. greatest things I've ever seen. That's he made it just for ever. us. It is. I love, uh, it's really good. 
Now, I do have a question about, honestly, the most important issue, which is cheddar. What do we do yeah, about let's, cheddar? Let's, let's start working on cheddar. Yeah, I can do a repair drone function by spending a resolve point, and that'll get him 25% of his health. Yeah, he has 8 out of 40 right. hit points, so it's not too bad. It's 10 hit points. My attitude is we're going to spend the rest of the night here in this room questioning this woman and resting up for tomorrow. So yeah, that go ahead and you know, take, right, care of, yeah, take care of Cheddar. All right, can you give Cheddar his uh, heel bump? Sure. You have a total of... Well, you have... Oh, you didn't... Sp you spent resolve points? So you have four left. Why so would he spend any? He hasn't taken a single stitch of damage. Well, you can spend your resolve point and repair at the same time. So he can do both. How about that? Yeah, I'm just surprised he... Um, I have, a, I have an so idea have five total. Cheddar. Um, I don't know if anyone... I don't... Is, Cheddar, is Cheddar overheating? Because I, I saw a movie called Red Dawn where you could actually... Urinate in the radiator. <laughs> and cool it down. It's cool it. Yeah, cool that it is not going to happen. I'm just saying. Uh, you know what? Cheddar is made out of half goblin. I don't actually think it would make much of a difference at this point. Yeah, actually, they, the goblins wouldn't care, and it's cool. It cools it down. That's how you do. Right, because of the goblin technology, I wouldn't rule out that actually being uh, an an engineering standard for how you actually take care of his problems. Right, he's way over. In fact, did. maybe that's what the quote motor oil really is. Mm -hmm. It's actually goblin pee. It would make sense. It's not good to have you marking your territory. <laughs> it's plentiful. It's, it doesn't cost money. It's free. Goblins are resourceful, and they don't have a lot of money. If anyone's going to pee on cheddar, it's going to be me. <laughs> Okie dokie. Oh, that's gross. Anyhow, you have five resolve points. Do you have, and you, every time you do one, you'll get ten points back. And then you want to get them up to full? It's up to you. Yeah, let's, well, let's get them up to like 38 or whatever. You can have those last two points. Okay. There we go. He's up to 38. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, you still have two resolve points left for the rest of the day, just in case something <clears throat> happens. Um, anyone else? Anyone else doing anything? Bueller? Bueller? No, I'm waiting for us all to be at a certain level of health before we question this this person, this, this thing. I will tell you one thing. The whole time you've been in this head, you've been feeling really, really bizarre and have been going back and forth between flat-footed and off-target, you feel you feel like you don't belong in this in this elf, uh, that this is not the place for you, and something is off. You're not sure what, but you, you have been fairly uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable enough that you can't do your healing, but uncomfortable enough that um, you feel like a nagging sensation yeah. here. We might not sleep well. I... I Mo remembers feeling bad in the temple. We were flat-footed, and this place might be like, uh, I don't know, sacred or profane or something. So maybe spending the night here isn't a good idea. Okay, uh, Wayless? Wayless, are you there? Oh, yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. yes. All right, so um, he's actually I, in the room, yeah. right? Good call, uh, Wayless, I, I have a few things I need you to do. First of all, actually, my shoes definitely need actually a bit of a spot shine because we've been got this terrible train after that. After that, I want you to figure out what the curse of the elven people did to this environment here and what their history is. After that, I'm going to want you to set up my bedding and actually work on some dinner. Okay? You got all that? Actually, Wayleth, belay that order. I'm sorry? Uh, the order of operations should be um, yes, shine the shoe. Uh, <laughs> very good. Okay. That's fair. And then go down and get that sniper rifle that this... Get your uh, shine box. Yeah. Get your shine box. 
and get that sniper rifle down, retrieve that rifle that was dropped over the hand. Oh, yes, yes, Master Hiroji, yeah. yes, right, and, of and, course. And, and they continue on the path of the, 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 the flowchart that... Uh, uh, Thank you. That, was a, that was a good addendum, I have to say. And then the curse of the elven people that's inflecting all of us. Work on that third or fourth. Right. Yeah. Shine shoe first, though. And then, well, well, Mr. Rusty, may I ask, you, you do have uh, six sets of uh, clothing, uh, not even including your armor. <laughs> uh, which, which set did you want to shine? Excuse me, I'm sorry. Obviously, the ones I'm wearing are the ones that are dirty, and it's Tuesday. I expect to wear my Tuesday shoes today. Why would I want to put on my Wednesday shoes? Oh, of course, Mr. Hiroji. Um, so, oh, sorry, Mr. Rusty. Um, I'm, 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 I'm apologizing. Oh, let me get right on that. I'll, I'll... Uh, it's, it's quite all right. It's been a hectic day for you, so I'll let it pass. Don't worry. Yes, yes, I'll, I'll eat my breakfast later. <laughs> I like breakfast for lunch anyhow. <laughs> so he gets uh, going on that. Meanwhile, the uh, Sharon looks at you and says, Ugh, pathetic fools. I can't believe you pathetic morons managed to best me. You will die in agony. <laughs> did we technically decide to let this thing live? Yeah, yeah, we did. Really? We totally did. Totally. What about after the I'm going to kill you all and your pathetic fools thing? Well, let's talk about that. It still may have information. Oh, it's, 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 yeah. it's a lot of information. Oh, yeah, it, it's been cursing you. Well, and Wayless has information, too. Yeah, okay, the whole time, like, while you've been resting, this thing has just been cursing you, telling you interesting ways you're going to be dead, killed, gutted, beheaded, your entrails will be spread all over the earth, and birds will peck at it, you know, fun things you tell at children's parties. Is, is it possible Sharon don't understand I surrender, what that means? Exactly? She doesn't seem to care much. All right, yeah. I will Mo, take Mo, over. Mo doesn't I'll, care either. Um, yeah, let's, Mo, you and I, let's take over this interrogation because yeah, we, we need to get physical. We need, first, we need get, there's get pockets. Physical. There's pockets that are uh, ripe for a rifling. Let's 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 get that first, first and foremost. Uh, okay. We're gonna search that sucker. You search her. Yeah, she's gonna. We're gonna turn her up. Yeah, I'm gonna pick her up by her ankles and give her a good shaking. <laughs> it's like the old cartoon, like you just yeah. shake him upside and, and down Mo, and everything falls Mo, out. The, as a twenty strength, he's an augmented, you know, augmented uh, Vesk soldier. He is doing that. He's going to give her a good shake. You give her the good shake, and then she's like cursing it the whole time. She's like, "It's like hands off me, reptile!" Right, while while Mo's giving her the good shake, I, I'm going to use a sleight of hand to give her a huge punch to the to the nasty. Uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, midsection on an insect. Nasty. Oh, that's actually you don't want to. Oh, that's not that's not thorax. Nice. That's, that's yeah, thorax. Yeah, abdomen. That's mean. That's just mean. Oh no no no, that's not mean. It's 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 it, well, what being mean to the devil is not being mean. It's being right. I mean, All right, so give me give me damage. I want to see the damage. Now it's non-lethal, but give me the damage because you could kill her. And are you attempting? Watch to he's going to crit. Two points of damage. No, I just had him do the damage. I didn't need to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so can anybody beat an Intimidate of 11? Yes. You can. What do you got? Uh, you, mean, uh, you mean a roll? No, as a bonus. As a bonus. I have a plus 11. Yeah, what's your bonus? <laughs> He's not talking about a roll. Mm, not so much, 11's, but I... 11 is pretty good. <laughs> but I might, I might be better with that, though. Really? You might be better at that. All right. Do you have a special ability, or is it just no, confidence? This is, no, no, I'm not. It's just the confidence. It's the hated enemy of my All race. Right. And right. uh, 
things have to happen. While you guys do that, this is what you find. She is wearing a Kasatha Microcord 1, which is eh. She has the tactical dueling sword. She has the tactical Shirin Eye rifle with 25 rounds. She has. Yes, yeah, two... that's the one that he, uh, 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 Waylon's getting because she dropped it. She kicked it off the thing. Yes. Yep. She has two Mark I serums of healing. Lovely. She has a personal comm unit. She has three weeks of field rations and a cred stick. Um, Dr. Tuttle? Yes. Do you think you could go through her comm unit and find out all of her contacts? That's just mean. If comm units if comm units work that way, I can try to like hack her comm unit and see who she is. Yes, you can. That is Alright, well I'll do a what computer check. That is a computer's check. Very good. You may do that. You cannot take a twenty or a ten because you can fail. So Chris, what's your uh, intimidate? What's your? What's your intimidate? That's uh, plus seven. Oh, really? Mo is plus six, so I was I was I was impressed by that for a second. Then, no, nah, if I'm third yeah. out of the group, then never mind. I'm hoping to, you know, work it. Well, um, well, I suppose uh, c- c- can we do that now? Actually, I mean, you, we, uh, it sounds like Clapperoth, uh, aka Bob, has the best. Yeah. Uh, we could assist yeah. him easily, like it's automatic almost. Oh, that's and, true. Uh, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. But do it, gives, it gives him a plus four. But like. I had specific questions to ask. Oh, well, good. Yeah, like, I guess assisting for an Intimidate is to stand behind him and smack my palm with my fist. <laughs> yeah, Not I mean, it's like a... bad cop. It's, it's bad cop, bad cop, bad cop. That's yeah, funny. pretty much. <laughs> no you, guys are just, you guys are just going to be mean. Mean, mean, mean. No. That's not mean. It's a survival. Uh, mean. I'm almost dead. Mean. She's talking mean about us. I mean, look, look, look at the shit. She she's bound and she's like shit talking to us. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. She's not playing a role. She's got to respect the players here. Oh, she doesn't care about you. She doesn't care about anything. Yeah. So, uh, Bob, what we're gonna do is uh, Hiroji and Mo are going to assist uh, Rusty in an in intimidation role. Well, as well you should. Yeah, we, we no, will stand. Actually, this is one of those things. Keep in mind, you may have noticed, and, and this is a metagaming comment, I have figured out that, honestly, Rusty sucks in combat right now. I need a whole new weapon. I got to put some effort in. But that said, I did set him up for massively powerful in the social skills. Diplomacy, yeah. bluff, intimidate. He is a king. And I'm a sorry. I lost my uh, mic for a second. I was talking. I lost it. Oh, it was nice and quiet first. That explains why. That was a bit pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I mean, this actually is his thing. So, I mean, that's fine. Uh, what were you jabbering about? Um, I'm just saying I need to get information and, uh, you know, I'm the man to do it. Well, well, are you trying to say that, like, Rusty is going to have some sort of moral compunction about getting the right answers? I mean, what? Well, uh, no, not at all. I think, well, more, if Rusty get the right answers, I'm going to assist. And uh, I'm going to assist with the left hook uh, when we don't get the answers to what we want. <laughs> oh, that's fine. You're, so you're the man behind the man getting the answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the man violating the rights. That's me. Yeah. All right, Rusty, I, 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 I whisper in your ear. Actually, I tell you telepathically because I am uh, endowed with uh, superior skills uh, as a race. And uh, uh, like, Yeah, it's, it's a little creepy, but okay. Go ahead. No, no, but like you're actually way more creepy than I am. Um, 
<laughs> as a race now. <laughs> human is one thing, but yeah. what you're doing you're Oh, I know what you're talking about. I'm human. I'm completely I, 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 human. I, I understand. Um, Crazy looking monkey. Look at all that hair. Yeah. There's an odor. Um, uh, uh, Wayless, I need my cologne. Sorry, go ahead. Right. So I want to know what the purpose of killing us was. And if this creature knew that we were coming to this spot and how she knew. Ooh, well, that's, that's actually good. why I wanted to actually hack the comm unit. I'm wondering if the contacts of this creature are, in fact, the people that we're following after and trying to hunt. If she was actually set up as an ambush for us. I want to know the five W's. Who, what, where, when, and why. You know. And for that matter, now that I'm thinking about it, was she the sniper that started the stampede? Because remember, that was set off by someone shooting with a rifle. Oh, my oh Very good. I completely forgot about that. Good good memory. So this engineering is, we're being good cops. We're basically getting the evidence before we take the perp into the box. And we're going to know when they, they, she contradicts herself. Uh, so That's right. That was or, my, or that was my we, computer's or, check. Or, John, as we explained to Mo, stand there. Get ready to hit. <laughs> okay, yeah. so. understands. While you guys, before you do all that, Mr. Tuttle managed to take the comm unit, fooled around with it, and managed to unlock it. And when he does, the creature screams horrible, horrible things in Tuttle's mind that only Tuttle can hear. Things about the destruction of every aspect of his body, tearing it to pieces, cutting him into little pieces, ripping him out, feeding him to his children and his parents. It's, it's quite atrocious. She seems to be rather upset that you managed to break into her comm unit. Anyhow, do you wish to read what you found? Well, if she's going to go to all the trouble of threatening me, yeah. Must be, must be interesting. I'm afraid now. I would say no. Don't do it. Don't do it. So you look through I'm it afraid. a bit, and there appears to be several logged communications with another unit. You don't know whose unit. Just in this, uh, it just is sort of anonymous. These communications convey updates about her movements through the jungle and ways in which she's been harassing your group including yeah. causing the stampede and following you and trying to attract beasts towards your encampments. Why, you little... I relay this to the team. Uh, so this person here has apparently been causing a lot of the problems we've been having on the way out here. In addition, she also has an extensive number of recorded broadcasts of the Iaxian reality programming and blood sports, favoring productions by the celebrity Zoe, including the entire season of the grotesque game Survival Deathmatch Extreme. I will download download those to my personal data device to watch later. Nice. <laughs> those? What is sad. wrong with this, Sharon? Survival Deathmatch is so fake. I mean, come on. Nobody can believe that they're actually doing it. All acting. The Sharon are a nasty race. A bug race. We know this. It's an ugly race. It's a bug yeah, race. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad we don't have to tip our hand. Like... I'm gonna. Mo is gonna ask. Oh, there's no saving hand. They're, they're, they're just, they're no well, unless she tipped her, she did. Can we see her communications? Like, was the last message 
you know, all is lost or, you know, they have me now or something like that? No, she didn't have anything. She didn't do any uh, updated communications. The last communication was basically her taking position here to ambush you with two cultists and to take you out through sniping. Uh, way low. Say wait. communication. Way low. Where's my rifle? Have you retrieved it yet? Oh, yes, yes. Here you go, sir, and I polished it just for you. Is she communicating uh, with can them? Can you load via... it, please? Thank you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Is what she communicating saying? via text? Um, These are logged communications. Yes, I will say they're text messages. So we could One communicate way only. with them from this device as her. If you wish. Okay. That's true. We could do a little misdirection. Or find out their location. You know, I've dealt with them, need to meet up with you. What's your What's your location? Uh, Hiroji is locking and loading the uh, sniper rifle. What are you doing with her exactly? Are you still holding her? What's What's your? Give me exactly what you're doing with her. And you did get all that stuff that fell out of her. So, Okay. Hiroji is now putting the uh, sniper rifle to her mandibles, whatever we call that, and uh, pulling the trigger of the coup de gras. Um, really? No, not yet. Not yet. Wait, what? Oh, I see. think he said he did it. We had a conversation about questioning her that all of us agreed to. We we got uh, we got enough for mm, Not so much. Uh, I don't like that you did that. That basically you lied to us. I didn't lie. When you said you'd do something, what you did was not that. That's what's known as a lie. Wait, did you shoot her? Yes, he killed her. Oh. Why did you do that? Why did you do After that? that whole extended conversation, we were going to question her. You were going to assist the intimidate. That we were going to get all the information out of her. You then unilaterally decided that apparently you were lying to us the entire time. No, no, we we got we found it all out. We were good. We're no, good. We, did no not. we did We didn't. never spoke to her we, at we all in any way. Was... You don't we, know, we, for we... instance, if there's some sort of like code word we have to give if we're going to talk yeah, to them. We don't I mean, know what what sort of numbers know. they have. We don't know how far ahead they have. She. How far ahead they are, she might have known that. We don't know any of their names. She might have known something about this temple. I mean, Hiroji relists his his rifle and and is feeling um, like an outcast and he walks away. Well, (sighs) because you just lied to us and screwed up. (laughs) All right. He's going to walk to the hand to reflect on what he did. Uh, Is there any way to revive her at all? Maybe. I'm doing some math to figure out if she actually took any non-lethal yeah. damage. If she right. took some non-lethal damage, then she's actually just unconscious. However, she has no resolve points, so nah, she's dead. She's dead, dead. Sorry. Okay. There is some silver lining. Give me sense motive. Well, yeah. Hold on a All moment. Us, I'm, or... I'm going to roll yeah. that, and I'm going to add a d6 Everyone. to it. One moment. Everyone, give me sense motive. <laughs> Mo rolls a six. I'm adding d6 to that. One second. Woo. I had wow. a plus zero, and I still got a 19. Uh, 25. Yeah. 25. Both Tuttle and Rusty, especially Tuttle, because he actually was listening to her the whole time, she was not going to tell you anything. She was worthless. In fact, she was so suicidal, she probably welcomed the death, and this was for naught. Like, you probably would have gotten literally nothing from her. I am not letting Hiroji know that. Oh, no. Not at all. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just telling you that, like, she was 
extremely belligerent, extremely nihilistic, and extremely a tough suicidal. nut to crack, as it were. Not even that. She just didn't seem to care, and she almost seemed to welcome death. Wow. However, if you look at the communications a little bit more, you might be able to get a little bit more out of it if you spend a little bit more time. Does that seem consistent with her personality? Like, maybe something's... I mean, is she always... I mean, yeah, I'll review the communications to kind of get a sense of whether that's just who she is or whether maybe the temple is affecting her or whether just she takes being captured that personally. I mean, let's let's take another, another look at the communications with an eye to her personality. There was also two other um, people that you killed. Don't forget the ones with the grenades. And you guys haven't looked at those. And there was that weird invisible creature that you killed as well. So there's actually a fair amount of stuff for you to do in this temple, plus the temple itself. So oh. you guys are just scratching the surface. So there's that's a lot at least here. preliminarily a Waylos job. Uh, you know, no, I speak Galvish now, so I can help. I do too. I'm going to do a perception check of the head where we are. Okay. Yeah, we can start looking around. All right. An 11. Ha ha ha. Yeah. What do I learn? Ten. And I have a 10 with a roll of three. Okay. I mean, it's really no more than you do before. Again, there's like, there's skylights, there's windows, there's a nice flow of outside air, there's a ring of slime mold that forms a misshapen circular pattern on the floor. This actually just appears to be nothing special. Literally, well, just knows an something. observation I mean, he, post of yeah, this. Yeah, he, he might know something. Like, how is that decided? Like, I decide. Oh, and okay. yeah, I, I sling my rifle and I walk over here next to a t- Cheddar. Tuttle's going to go retrieve the comm devices from the other two guys and see if he can get any information off of them. Oh, yeah. Them. Presumably they have comm devices as well. Uh, yeah, you get the other two, and they have, if you go and find them. So they're wearing Lushinta ring wear, both of them, heavy armor. They both have long swords that seem to have fusions on them. Hmm. They have utility scatter guns, which are AKA shotguns, two shock grenades, like three, four dozen scatter gun shells, two weeks of field rations each, and two cred sticks. So altogether, you have two sets of Lashinta ringwear, two long swords with fusions in them. Two scatter guns, a whole bunch of shells, four weeks of field rations between these two, and two cred sticks. Plus, you have the other three weeks of field rations from the one you just killed. She has a personal comm unit. These two did not have comm units, by the way. How How much was in the cred sticks? Sorry. You did not look. The one from the bug was a thousand credits, and the one from these two were 150 each. How is their armor as far as environmental protection? Um, it's actually that's a great question. That is a great question. They're it's wearing down. What I'm wearing. There's down. Yeah, they're wearing what you've been wearing. It's down to the bare bones because they've been out here a few days more than you. So they have about. I'd have to look at the exact numbers, but they have two, three days less than you guys. Have. Hey, every little bit helps if we could squeeze a couple extra days out of there. I, I, I totally agree. All right. I'm standing right there. I'm like, look, I know I'm not, not the most popular man right now, but you know what? I have reasons. I don't like these people. It's a bug planet, and I don't like these bugs. And it's my planet. This is my world. Um, you've talked in the past about your honor 
as a member of your race and your profession, haven't you? No, not so much honor. Okay, well, maybe I misunderstood. See, I thought when you actually tell something to your compatriots that you would keep your word. Mm. Uh, combat is fluid. I pull out my knife and I take a trophy from this creature. Okay. A trophy finger. Nice. One fascinating thing you do notice. Give me perception check on whoever was searching these bad guys. All right. Actually, I don't think I was. That was uh, let's see. I was. Um, you still feel weird, by the way. This whole time, you guys still feel off. 24 from Hiroji, 16 from Tuttle. So, one thing you do notice is that these guys, you didn't really notice it before, but their armor, once you went through it to see how much time has left, seems to be decorated strangely. Let me put it to you this way. You know what the Reavers are? Yes. <laughs> imagine imagine Reaver armor. That is what it looks like. Like all decks out in like sentient uh, skulls and like blood and shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Reavers with antennas on their head. <sighs> it basically, they have skulls. It's red. There appears to be blood on it. These creatures actually had weird blood patterns on their faces, arms, and hands. Like, something's odd here. Something is a little Can off. I, is it possible to make a some kind of knowledge check on that? Knowledge. Uh, culture. Yeah, if, culture, yeah. Uh, is that is a, it possible these are not the guys who kidnapped Solstarnia? Is it possible there's some other faction out here? Yeah, it's a culture check. That's a 17 for culture. Oh, Hiroji knows his home planet better than I do. Oh, I do. This is, a, this is my planet. I defend it. Okay. It's, it's an ugly planet. It is if you say a bug planet. planet again, I'm going to take it. I know. You guys, I think I'm going to make you guys pay me a dollar every time you say no. it. No, this, this a bug planet is going into the swear jar now. Look, it is. Just because, <laughs> because I've... T- I've Five uh, foot step, and it's a bug planet. Those are the swear jar words now. All right. Just because I have antennae, I'm not a bug. You. It's, it's an ugly planet. It's a Hiroji planet. Might be able mm-hmm. to... Might have a reason why he knew to kill this creature because you know what this is you knew what it was all along Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she is from the cult of the devourer the cult of the devourer is one of the most feared and rivaled organizations in the pack world and what they want to do is nothing more than destroy every single life form in the universe they live to destroy and kill they have no self-preservation whatsoever, and all they hope is to bring about destruction to themselves and everyone else. They are disgusting, horrible, nasty, nasty creatures. I relay this to my fellow party. Maybe they believe me, maybe they don't. Well, I, I certainly believe you. There's no question about that. That's why I had to do what I had to do. Yeah, I'm I'm still uh, waiting for uh, Waylos's uh, report on the temple. Would my culture check be high enough to at least have heard of these guys? Definitely. You didn't know quite as much, but you knew. Okay, so I at least would sort of believe Hiroji when he said. Yeah, that. you've actually. This is a. This is actually one of those like. It's sort of like a secret cult, but not really. It's one of those cults you hear about and that 
you know, it's like who, who it's not would, an Epsilon station, but it's in this neck of the woods. It's one of these not. things is like who would really belong to this? This is like, you know, hardcore Cthulhu cult. Exactly. It's it's like it's like one of those like, oh yeah, you hear about it, but like who would actually join it? Because the point of the cult is to destroy everyone, including yourself. So who is insane enough to join one of these cults? I think we just found out. Uh Cthulhu. Exactly. These things are really horrible. They yeah, um, none can be left alive. As yeah, I, their know. core tenets are the doctrine of annihilation. That is their core tenet. So going back was the person who got eaten by the plant thing with the spores. Was she also dressed up like these guys, or is she? Uh, similar. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if similar, I'm trying to figure out if we're dealing with. But you probably don't know enough because first of all, she was covered, and second of all, she got blown to pieces. Yeah, so there were no you remains. Don't know, you don't know enough. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to figure out if we've got two factions out here, or they're the same faction. No, that's all a good th- thought. All three of these people, by the way, the bug and these two cultists, they were all members. Like you now know, this is the cult of devourer. They have, they do get special mystic powers. As well, and they're all horrible, like blood magics, things like that. Things that are just for pure destruction purposes. They also, you've heard rumors of weapons of mass destruction that can do things like uh, disintegrate. Oh, remember in Star Trek in Next Generation, we had that weapon that was excruciating that would like kill you in yeah. like three seconds. Stuff like that. They specialize the in that. The Vertoron B Disruptor? Yes, I believe that was it. That's exactly Jeez. it. You guys. <laughs> All right. Oh, you guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I couldn't I remember the name. I couldn't remember the name, but I knew exactly <laughs> what I was talking about. I think I'm close. <laughs> it's probably that. Uh, but anyhow, yes, they actually have, they specialize in disintegration weapons. That is semi-illegal in the pack worlds as they frown upon disintegration. That is awesome. Anyhow, yes. So there's a lot going on. What do you want to focus on next? Uh, I have a new weapon, and I'd like to add it to my inventory. I'd like to load, lock and load it and ready to go, because Sniper is an uh, operative weapon. Sniper rifle. I assume that's what it is, right? Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah it's a sniper. Is that your first sniper wa- rifle? Yeah. I never oh, had one. Oh, nice. You know what you have? You have a hog's tooth right there. You should you. you should take the last shell in that sniper rifle. That is what you wear around your neck. That's the one that's meant for you. Like when a sniper, that is a great call. You when know a what? sniper you, kills a sniper, that yes. is exactly yes. what you do. You have a I, hog's tooth, my friend, and it's a legitimate one too because you're the one who killed her. That is very true. So, what are you saying I should do? I, I it's need the, the, the last, the last shell that was in the rifle. You take it out. That's the one that was meant for you, and you drill a hole through it, and you wear it around your neck. And that is, forget about this finger you're, stuff. No, you're, 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 you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. Yes. You're, you know what? Yeah. You, you make you a, a lot of sense. You make a lot of sense to me, Mo. You make a lot of sense, and I, I do that. Like I have the shell because I did not. Uh, Rechamber that. I will keep that shell. I'll nice. pocket it for later. I will drill <laughs> home. So we're, good. We're gonna take care of business on our starship, and we're good. And I and I actually rub my foot into the what's left of the bug matter. Yeah, I said, yeah. "Look, this is what this is what we do to this creature." Yeah, you don't need to. The, do the, that. Yeah, <laughs> no. But I, I'm adding insult to injury. I'm sorry. I have to do it. Anyhow, Wayless comes up and says, 
Fellas, fellas, come to the front. I, I have some interesting uh, news. I was able to figure some stuff out, but maybe with your help we can we can tackle this together. Huzzah! All right, huzzah. Fellas, he, he's getting awfully informal here. Uh, Mo is going to follow he's him. He's excited. He brings you to the front, the cleansing pool. He looks around and just sees Mo, but I presume the rest of you will join him. He says to you, look, look at the domed ceiling depicting hundreds of stars connected to form scores of constellations. Uh, I believe that this was a sacred place, a place in which they wanted you to actually use these waters to wash yourself with before you entered the temple. I believe I believe that would help maybe uh, feel the uh, the strangeness uh, uh, to give you blessing to enter and uh you know be in the temple well that sounds like a good idea all right mo is just gonna stick his hands in there and find out sounds like we've uh opened the door after the uh barn is burning you know whatever that yeah. is yeah <laughs> i'm gonna wait to see what happens how tomorrow. long do you spend washing your hands um well he's mo so we're gonna give it a good uh two seconds <laughs> ah Okay, you, you wash wow, your that's hands. Planning you've given yourself in fun. Okay, you you spend two seconds and that he's like, oh oh yes, maybe you should try going in the other room. This is the entrance chamber. You would you'd have to go further in before you can find out if you're blessed or not. Oh, all right, uh, he will do that. No, oh, you feel terrible. You I want to wash my hands and all the blood out of my eyes for like uh, five minutes. Yeah. Okay, you you wash your head. You wash your hands, and um, you feel fresh and clean, and the water is continuously recycling, so the blood is dissipating. So what do you do after the five minutes? I of, go in there and see what's up. You feel fantastic. Like like I get a buff? <laughs> no buff, <laughs> no buff. buff. I you know he feel, wants a buff. You feel buff. like the elven gods or whatever this is are blessed you. No uh, yeah. feel, you feel like you belong. You're warm I'm a religious man. I, I am uh, with that. They don't even that. mind that you murdered a guy in their temple. How big is no, this? I murdered. Uh, I, murdered, I, murdered I, I stepped on an insect. That's what I did. That's all I did. Is is this like a five foot by five foot pool that I'm seeing? Yeah, it's huge. It's a huge Ooh. pool. It's five foot all right. by five foot. You, you, you guys now see Mo. He's taking off his armor. Oh, God. I know what he's about no, to do. No, no, no. You're not going swimming. Hold on. Uh, I'm going to wash Armor's a coming bit off. for like 30 seconds while he's doing that. Uh, yeah, you that. better go. I'm going to get between the fast. two second and five minutes, and I'm going to go for 30 seconds here. How's that? You don't Do want I to be. Go ahead. Do I feel like I would have been healed from this if I had taken No. That? You just feel like you needed to wash yourself, do the cleansing ritual I before did. you entered the temple. I didn't need- I didn't need to cleanse. I did. Now, Wallis also goes on to explain that the constellations. He uh, he doesn't know what they are, but uh, if any of you uh, have some uh, experience in the physical sciences, perhaps you might know what these constellations are referring to. Ah, allow me. I'll be right back. Meanwhile, yes, Tuttle yeah. is going to give his hands a, a proper lab protocol hand washing, right. and then he's going <laughs> to head on in. You you don't want to be long? last at the Viking Bowl. That's oh, sure. like a minute or two. You spend a minute or two. You you do not feel well. Um, it feels like it didn't hit you. And her um, Rusty also feels not so great. So uh, really? something Oroji did manage to trigger the blessing. But all right, I washed my head. All right, fine. 
Oh, okay. For how long? Look, I spent a long time with my shampoo and conditioner this morning, and I didn't really want to <laughs> rinse it all out. All right. So fine. I wash my head. I spend one minute. I wash my hands. I get all the blood off, and I spend one minute on it. Okay. Now you feel great. You walk in. It's all gone. You feel like you're one with the temple. Wayless, I need my comb. Yes, yes. Right away, sir. And I put your favorite gel in. Tuttle will do this. If that's how this works, Tuttle will do the same. Okay, meanwhile, uh, Mo is in the tub making it into a jacuzzi. Uh, yeah. All right. And meanwhile, I'll, I'll check out the uh, the ceiling and everything, and I'll do a physical science check. Okay. It ain't going to be good, but let's try. 12. Not enough. Not bad. Not enough. You, you can tell there's stars, but you have no idea what this means. No. Here, let the scientist take a run at yeah, it. Yeah, step aside. <laughs> 31. 31. Wow. Yowza. That's what I'm talking no, about. Oh, we're right yeah. here. This <laughs> he rolls a 19 wow. for a 31. Wow. Uh, I'm just an amateur. Yeah. Uh, Tuttle's like, oh, I know exactly what this is. Um, these are many constellations that are known to modern scholars, but only thanks to advanced telescopes and faster than light travel. In fact, this is way outside the observable range of this planet, which means that the elven society here, the ancient elven society, must have had some extraordinary astronomical equipment, supernatural techniques for surveying the sky, or some other means of seeing far, far beyond the pack world system. It's both fascinating and terrifying that they were able to map constellations so far away with deadly accuracy. Well, some Cthulhu color of space stuff there. Um, yeah. After that, he's like, Wayless is like, oh, oh, Mr. Tuttle, if you're able to figure that out, maybe you can figure out what's in the next room as there's similar patterns and images there as well. All right, Wayless. Brings you into the... He goes, this, I believe, is called the Hall of Inscription. And here you can see the walls of this long gallery are depicting elves using needles to tattoo one another with constellations, geometric designs, and strange runic patterns. The tall stone benches that line the sides of the walls, you can see as well. And they're all in excellent shape, even though they are millenniums old. Also, in addition, if you look in the ceiling, carved amongst the ceiling are 12 stylized elven figures, heavily tattooed and adorned in different ways, marked with starbursts on their foreheads. Mm, mm. I believe this has something to do with uh, something to do with the constellations. I'm not exactly sure, but maybe you would know. Well, I do. I remember that the obelisk mentioned something about the Temple of the Twelves. That's probably what this is. Wow. I'm trying to remember what the significance, additional significance was of that. Uh, it's in our handouts. There's actually no general. I might be able to assist you on this. I'm sorry, is that another physical sciences check on the... Uh... On this uh, yeah, you can do culture, mysticism, or physical science. I'm going to stick with science to start, because that's my strong suit. 24. Hiroji gets a 16 in culture. Um, I think that's it for rolls. So you do see 12, 12 scarred tattoos on these 12 elves. And you do remember correctly there was something about 12. 
What you do notice is that these appear to be suns or stars on each of these elves. They all appear to be realistic and probably depicted someone who actually lived at one point in time. They also seem to have some symmetry of some sort, almost like a circle. Other than that, you don't really know. That's about as far as you're going to be able to get on this, but it is very curious. So what you get from this is elves that appear to have been realistic or living creatures of some sort. They're not deities or gods, but appears to be realistic portraits, each with stars or suns on their foreheads. Plus, they appear to be almost in a pattern of a circle. All right. I check for secret doors. Yeah, and I'm just racking my memory for anything we've seen like that. Nothing's coming to mind. You spend some some time and you find no secret doors. However, um, oh, sorry. You just got a very interesting idea. You think you remember seeing something in the head as well. All right. Do you rush to the head? Yeah. To the head. Mo is still in the uh the the, the water. Okay. We're all going to get killed and Mo will still be in the water. Yeah, well, He's uh he's bathing. He doesn't have his arm around anyway, so there might be some kind of elevator. There's got to be more to this head than meets the eye. Nope. I'm also concerned that five minutes of a vesk immersed in this water, the elven gods will turn their eyes from it in shock and hatred, <laughs> and will no longer bless anyone after this ever again. <laughs> well, are we all blessed at this point? No. So give me perception checks. That I can all right. do. Wayless, Wayless is going to do one, too. 19. Rusty with the 19. Roji with the 16. Oh, my God. God fucking yeah. Don't like it when Bob beats you, do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have a better perception, obviously. Just look at those numbers. Yeah, I more perceptive. Rusty notices underneath the dead body of the bug that there appears to be underneath the slime mold that the blood managed to sort of dissolve a little bit of, there appears to be a similar pattern on the floor. There actually appears to be what is the sun from the ceiling of the other room you were in. But it's completely covered with mold and moss and fungus. What are you going to do? I I carefully and mansplaining-ish, you know, uh, pointed out to everybody else. Hmm. Does that include uh, Mo? Yeah, I yell it out. Mo is all the way. Oh, well, he's got calm. He's got comms. He's got comms. Well, calm, calm unit. well, you know what you can do. I believe Cheddar does come with a vacuum attachment. Dude, we got. I was gonna say, let's see if he we comes can, with a flamethrower. Let's see if we can like clean off the clean the moss and the scum off the sun and see if it does anything. Scum and villainy. Wait, Cheddar is the maid from the Jetsons. Yes, a <laughs> Rosie. That's a, that's Cheddar's significant other, Rosie. All right. Um, who cleans the floor? Cheddar. Cheddar. Tuttle's actually excited. Tuttle's actually excited about the whole academic discovery thing, so he'd be willing to do it. I get far away. Okay. Tuttle starts to clean the moss and mold, and sure enough, the the fascinating part is that these are carvings, and sure enough, because they're carvings, they were collecting water, which then collected organic material, which made a perfect repository for mold and other fungus to grow on top of it and make it completely impossible to see. 
with a little bit of time and effort, you're able to clean off the ring of mold. And sure enough, you're starting to see a pattern. Do you continue to clean the rest of the floor? Absolutely. You clean the entire floor. takes a good hour. But you see a weathered yet perfectly symmetrical circle of 12 carved stars. It's a perfect circle. In addition, you do notice around the pattern, there appears to be words and letters that resemble the strange writing from the Drift Rock. Oh, all right. Here we go. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, everybody. Steve here. So that was an episode. Um, yeah, I didn't quite expect it to go that way. After especially they were talking like a good 20, 30 minutes on how they were going to interrogate the prisoner. And then Hiroji literally just kills it in cold blood like that. And everyone was really shocked. And if you heard Jason, who's probably the most mellow player of all of us, he was really angry. And he really got into it, as did Bob. John was a little bit more mellow. But in the end, these guys, we've been playing together a long, long time. It's not that unexpected. These things do happen. And quite frankly, it made for an interesting episode, plus interesting real role-playing. Also, from a role-playing point of view, it's not that I gave them an out, but to be honest, they probably weren't going to get anything from her because she's nihilistically insane, and at most, anything she was going to say was probably wrong or misleading at best. So, Hiroji got a little lucky there. He got actually very lucky. But... That being said, it was pretty shocking what happened there, and for us even, that was just kind of out of nowhere. Which leads me to my PC GM tip, which is, how do you play your game? I was talking to the Order of the Amber Die, and if you remember, they are very, very strict when it comes to playing, and they play in such a way that... During combat, you only have six seconds to decide what you're going to do, and you can only talk when it's your turn. In addition, they have a rule which is, if you say it, you do it. Which basically means, whatever you say is what happens. And when I was playing with them, they adhered to these rules. It was kind of freaky watching them do combat, where everyone's just sitting there dead silent. And the only people talking are the ones whose turn it is. I've also seen it go the other way, and where it's a total madhouse, and it's kind of crazy bedlam, and people are just running all over the place. Which brings me to the point, how do I play and how should you play? Well, the first thing is, you should be aware of how you play as a GM, and as a PC, you should make sure your GM adheres to a single method and sticks to it. There's nothing worse than being like a willy-nilly loose GM, and then all of a sudden becoming very serious, or vice versa. You just have to be consistent with the way you play, and obviously it has to be a way that the PCs like. You know, if you're playing and you're just goofing off, and then all of a sudden one of the goofs becomes, oh, you did that, okay, now your character set off a trap and they're dead. Everyone's going to get incredibly angry at you. The way I play is I play mm, not super strict like order, but a few things. One, 
Wherever your PCs walk, although you guys can't see when we play, if your PCs walk on the board, that is where they go. And if they set off a trap, they set off a trap. And in fact, that just happened recently at PaizoCon where I was running something and somebody walked into a room and this was their first time playing and they set off not one but two traps because they just ran into the room. And I told them like, look, that's where your character goes. There's no take backs. Your character walked into the room, walked across the room, went right up to the door and set off a trap. And now you got hit by the trap. And the first time, well, they were pretty angry and the second time well they were even more angry i kind of said that that's the way i play and everyone warned her but yet she kept doing it so that is one way that i play is that wherever your character goes that is what happens now as for what they say i usually will ask for confirmation and i'm 99 percent sure i even double checked that chris really did this plus he even said he did it because i don't think i asked for confirmation i think it was the other players who say did you really just do that and he said yes and that's enough for me if he says yeah i did it and he got a confirmation then he did it and you know, it's very easy to backtrack, especially when someone tries to do something that you don't want the other PCs to do. But, you know, that's the way we play, which is if you say it, you do it with confirmation. That's the way I play. The other thing is to be very careful, especially during combat. Ironically, I am probably very lenient during combat. And the reason I'm lenient during combat is... People only get to go once every round. It might be once every five to ten minutes if it's a long combat. And I don't want them to feel like they wasted their turn. And quite frankly, combat has a little bit more of an ebb and flow to it. And things can kind of be easily adjusted on the fly on my end. I can make a monster easier or harder without the PC even knowing it. So I always err on the side of give the PCs much more leeway during combat. I'm not super strict. I actually tried it once a long time ago when combat was taking forever because certain players, ahem, Chris, can take a very long time to do their turn. When we play in person, he will sit there holding the dice sometimes for 15, 20, 30 seconds before he rolls it, almost like he's willing the dice to roll a 20. And of course, it always rolls like a 1 or a 2, but he's very slow. I once took out an egg timer and tried the six second rule, and let's just say that failed spectacularly. So I don't do that anymore. So my rule and the way I play is I'm fairly loose when it comes to combat. If people make mistakes, I allow them to take it back. I do say, though, once your turn is over, there's no take backs. You can't go back to your turn and say, ooh, I made this mistake, can I fix that? I'll usually say no, unless it was a very, very big mistake. As for when you're moving around the board, wherever your character goes, that's where they go. If they set off a trap, they set off a trap. And when we play, these guys move very slowly. You don't see it, but they move like a square at a time. The only one who doesn't is John, who literally charges forward and sets off everything. And he doesn't mind. That's the way he likes to play. And the other thing is, when they say they're doing something, I usually listen carefully. And if they say they do it, and then they confirm they do it, then they did it. Obviously... Sometimes it can mess up your jokes or mess up your flow if people are saying they're doing something and they don't really do it. But after a while, you should know the ebb and flow. So what does this mean for your game? Again, it really comes down to whatever you want, just do it and just stay and stick to that style. 
do not change. I can't emphasize that enough. If you change your style or change your method, you're going to get into a fight with your PCs really quickly. And if you're a PC, make sure your GM sticks to one method. And if they don't, well, fight them. Call them out on it because it's unfair to you. Because sometimes you don't know. Are they joking? Are they not joking? Are they being serious? Are they not being serious? Everyone should have the same rules, and that is following the same methodology for everybody. And after you've been playing with one group for a while, you'll know what it is. And for us, it's even harder because we're online, so there's no visual cues. I just have to do it by knowing these guys and the tone of their voice as to what they meant to do or not meant to do. But if there's one thing I would say you can take away from this is just be consistent. Try to balance, I'd say, fun with seriousness. You don't have to be too serious, but you do want to make sure that people are responsible for their actions. And then obviously, if you're really sh not sure about something, then just have them confirm it. And if they say, no, I don't really do it, then let them take it back. Especially if you're about to do something really, really silly. Oh, and finally, you can also do false positives. I do that all the time. That's an extra hint, is that if someone's going to do something and you say, are you really sure you're going to do it? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. And they're like, what happens? And you just say nothing. And if you do that, you keep them on their toes. So they never know if they do something that's actually going to be deadly or you're just giving them a false positive and just making them paranoid. That's how you keep the PCs on their toes. So some quick show notes. Don't forget, we have a new podcast every Tuesday. Plus, this week we started our new Starfinder Society podcast, 1-4, Cries from the Drift. That actually went up yesterday, part one. It's two hours long. And there should be, I think, about two or at most three parts to this, in addition to what came up. So a total of three to four parts. We'll see how it gets cut up. In addition, Jason put up his review of Pathfinder Planar Adventures, hardcover book Ooh, that's hard to say it is the last hardcover book for pathfinder version one i actually also checked the book out and i liked it quite a bit there's a ton of cool information about planes in there and you could easily reuse it for starfinder because they share the same universe and i can't imagine the planar information is going to change that much between pathfinder and starfinder so if you're interested in sort of expanding your starfinder experience or your you know lore a bit more i would say check that book out i think it's a pretty good book for both pathfinder and starfinder but check out jason's review on the role for combat website also don't forget please subscribe to the podcast on itunes and android and please put in your reviews you can do them on stitcher if you're an android or itunes if you're well itunes and we've been getting a lot more reviews they've been really helpful keep them up please submit them it takes you 10 seconds to submit a review a written review on itunes and every single one really helps also check out jason's talking combat column every thursday this one's probably going to be an interesting one where he goes through what his thoughts were when well chris killed that poor sniper definitely check out our discord and play some starfinder you can also see images from every episode Go to discord.rollforcombat.com. I think we just started a Skittershot play-by-post game. So if you guys want to check out some other stuff and other games, come on over. Plus, if you GM a game, you get a free t-shirt. Or if you get to level 10, you get a free shirt too. So check that one out. Also, make sure you check out the talks from No Direction Podcast. That's K-N-O-W. They have talks from... Every single talk at PaizoCon 2018. 
There's going to be 50 altogether. We're sponsoring them and helping them out. Plus our talk for me and John talking about how World of Warcraft was influenced by role-playing games just went up. If you want to check that one out, it's a pretty fascinating talk. You can hear all about how World of Warcraft was made, and it's 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 going to be interesting. Even if you're not totally into World of Warcraft, if you're just into video games and how they're created, I think you guys will enjoy that quite a bit. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Check out our Reddit channel. Definitely check out our Patreon if you want some cool stuff. And next up on the schedule is we will be getting the Starfinder Armory probably any day now. And then we will be putting up a review as quickly as we are allowed to. This is probably the most anticipated book by anyone who's into Starfinder, as it will greatly expand the amount of equipment that we have. It's a huge book. They supposedly had all this stuff originally in Starfinder, most of it, but they couldn't. They just couldn't get it all into the book, so they just went crazy. I was talking to some of the developers about it, and there's just supposedly an absolute monstrous ton of stuff in there. I can't wait, and I'm sure the guys are going to abuse it like crazy. Anyhow, hope you guys have a good week. I will talk to you and see you later. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com or drop us a line at contact at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember Moe's motto, enough talk, I'm opening the door.